0: It's a Wednesday after Thanksgiving. I I trust everybody had a happy holiday. I hope you got to spend time with loved ones. We're happy to be back here on Whiskey Business after taking a, a pseudo week off. I was away for the holiday as well. I went to Tennessee, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, home of Dollywood. None of my family's from Tennessee, none of us. We congregate up there every year for about the last 10, 12 years. My brother-in-law has a big old cabin in the Smoky Mountains. And um, normally I show up on a Tuesday before Thanksgiving, but because I've been on this sabbatical and the fact that I've not spent, according to certain family members, enough time with my mother, I went early. I went on a Sunday to a Saturday in a cabin in the Smoky Mountains trapped with family for almost an entire week and that's exactly what it felt like it felt like a horror movie with no body count bum 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 in fact that should be a horror film next year thanksgiving the danger starts when the family comes yeah just a week full of passive aggressiveness uh, that was off the charts Honey, do you think you have sleep apnea? Or maybe you just need to lose some weight. (laughs) (laughs) Do you always put whiskey in your coffee or just when you're here with the family? Well, it'd be nice if you could stay through Saturday, but I'm sure you've got more important things to do. Yeah, a week of that. So, yeah, next November. Look for it in theaters. Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? Boom, boom, boom. Hi, I'm Dean Tropos, and welcome to Whiskey Business, a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Our guest bottle, a good one, we've had some Maker's Mark on the show before. I think we've had Maker's, I think we had Maker's 46. We've never had the Maker's Mark cask strength. Why? Why, you asked, that I go back to Maker's Mark for another go-round? It is a bit of a an homage to a gentleman. Uh, for those of you who are really, really into whiskey, I mean, you know where it comes from and you know who makes it there is a gentleman uh who left us in the whiskey business uh just recently and i will let our guest talk more about him and his contributions to this wonderful brown liquor but let's just say uh he put the mark in 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 maker's mark while he was with us and that leads me to our guest tonight on whiskey business Nine straight years, bartender of the year. That's just one of the many accomplishments of Chris DeLavi, who joins us on Whiskey Business. Uh, from what I understand, and I've just been hearing things, so you can separate the fact from the fiction, but the way people talk about you, it's, it's like when they talk about uh, craft cocktailing and bartenders, you seem to... Be elevated into this rare air of a of a bartender persona. Would you say that you that is the truth? Would you say it's exaggerated? Nine straight years bartender of the year. That's not a fluke.
1: That is not a fluke. That is not a
0: fluke. <laughs> so I don't even know where to begin with you. Wait, what's what's it take to be the best bartender for nine straight years?
1: Uh, I think hospitality is. The main thing. The main thing. I make a kick-ass drink too. Yeah, I would say that have to be in the mix. <laughs> I do
0: because you have this. You have this nine straight wins, nine straight years, uh, 2016 uh, Dame Hall of Fame inductee, which is what? What is the Dame Hall of Fame?
1: Dame Hall of Fame is um, through Tales of the Cocktail, which is the biggest cocktail convention in the world, and they have this um, Dame Hall of Fame. They induct four to six people a year into this. um, And is it women? It's only women. It's
0: women. And are you okay with Dame? Is that an appropriate
1: term in 2018? I think so.
0: Is it? I think it's cool. You know, Absolutely. Would you be, if we would have been like the broad hall of fame, would you have been okay with that as well?
1: I think so. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. whatever. I mean, I like it. I mean, I Dame.
0: when I think of a dame, she's a swell dame. Exactly. I mean, it's a compliment. I don't think it's a bad it's word at all. It's not a bad thing. All right. I'm just
1: checking. I think Dame is, yeah.
2: yeah. I think Dame is cool
1: for that reason. Especially because it's not something that you hear all the time, yeah. it's not the ladies, you know um anyway it's it's the the top women in the industry every year
2: in the world
1: in the world it's nuts.
2: in the world
1: but they're not they're rarely bartenders um they're they're distillers they're Heads of companies, things like that. So,
0: so in order to be into the Dame Hall of Fame, you don't necessarily have to be behind the bar to do not this. Not at this all. something in the industry. It's
1: a mover and shaker, somebody who's so important. you're a mover and a shaker. Somebody who's important in the industry. It was a huge honor. It was something that I had really strived for for a long, long time, and I was thrilled to be in it. Let's focus on that word,
0: strive for. Is this something, what you do for a living now and what you've become, is that something that you always strive for? Was that the... Was that the goal in life?
1: No. I went to college for jazz piano.
0: Jazz piano? Uh-huh. So you're a musician as well? I, I am, yes. So, okay. You're like now. You're like okay, I'm gonna stay on the rare air now. So now you're like this really cool dame <laughs> who makes killer cocktails. And if she wants to put it down and sit down and rip on a piano and just start playing something, she can do it. I could do it. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's awesome. All right. So, so jazz piano. So
1: no, this I don't. This was not the goal. This wasn't. This
0: wasn't the calling.
1: No. No. Well, I think it was the calling. But I don't know that it was what I had envisioned my life to be. Um, it My dad had a restaurant when I was a kid, so I was in the business from an early age, so I was always in the, the business in some capacity. What kind of restaurant? Uh, like real casual. Just everything. Just a real casual type like, of
0: restaurant. Like, like the Greeks would have, like a huge yes. menu that just, you could go from everything from breakfast, lunch to dinner. Exactly. What,
1: yeah. um, and, and so I was in the business, and when I was in college, I was waiting tables to pay for it. And then I just started realizing how much I really loved the business. And
0: Did your dad run a restaurant or was he a chef as well? Both. Both? Yes. So, so he was a good cook. Yes. So- I grew
1: up eating Persian food. I mean, my dad was cooking big, elaborate Persian meals every oh, day of well. my life.
0: All right. So why don't you pursue the the culinary arts at that point then? Why don't you, if if that's, you know.
1: I don't know. You know, some I, I never thought about being a chef. I mean, I do it at home, but I never thought about that are you a good cook i think so
0: yeah yeah what's your specialty
1: uh fish good and, and persian food
0: and persian food help me out with persian food um because i know greek food right and, and our food, food is really similar actually yeah. greek yeah. and persian would i be um, able to tell the difference
1: yes absolutely yeah. but flavorings i mean and spices flavorings and spices are similar but we do a lot of rice mm mm-hmm basmati rice yeah. and the and the whole pot of rice is like an art in itself. Yeah. Yogurt goes yeah, with everything. Yeah, Greeks and the right. and the yogurts. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I think the lamb part is very similar kebabs, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. You like lamb? I do. I like lamb too. Yeah. My, absolutely. My, my grandmother would make lamb for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. every year when she was with us. Lamb and ham and I've said this on a previous podcast. I think she she couldn't make a turkey to save her life. <laughs> she had no idea how the turkey, the concept of the really? turkey worked. Yeah, yeah. See, so. you
1: now my dad was the type of person, still is, that could go into any kitchen and have like bare minimum of whatever and just whip up something unbelievable. He could MacGyver it. Yeah, he's He like, could just
0: go in and just like- It's silly, you
1: know, yes.
0: i need eat bread, paprika, and uh, <laughs> some salt, and it would be good. And it's done, and it's done. yes. <laughs> What was your first job in in the in the cocktail world in the
1: in the, in the- Uh well I mean I waited tables. I I grew up in Tucson. I was born oh, okay. in Los I was You're born in from- Los Angeles. Okay. And then we moved to Arizona. I grew up in Tucson and um you know, waited tables in like restaurants, steakhouses, you know, the the whole gamut, all of it. And then um started tending bar a little here and there. Um moved to Columbus started tending bar at M and then that's when it really that's I was also during the time in this now mixology world where we were bartenders were going back to the old school ways of thinking of all fresh ingredients and so I was in right in the right time because I thought that was brilliant because you know Back in Tucson when I was bartending, I wasn't using anything fresh. Right. We were using sour mix out of a bottle. That's it. You know? Yeah. So 10, 12 years ago when when we started doing it here in Columbus, I was like, man, this is brilliant. And I just started learning as much as I could and and it just took off and then I and then I realized I was really good at it. And so it just became there's my some life's work. That,
0: and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote our friendly Leanne. There's some people call you the the pioneer of craft cocktailing here in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. It started with you? Well... I mean, so, somebody, asked the, somebody asked the Breeze into town and yeah. say, let's start making them like this. That was you?
1: Yeah, that's... Well, that's what they say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's great. That's awesome.
1: I'm the one definitely who who took it
0: and ran with it.
1: And M was the first place in Columbus that was doing anything craft and anything with fresh, fresh squeezed juices, all fresh ingredients.
0: And when we say craft cocktails and... Uh, and new twists on old standard cocktails uh, like the old fashioned and the Mm -hmm. Manhattans new twists on those or or also just kind of bringing back some of those both old school cocktails that people have forgotten about
1: and doing them right I think you know what
0: do you say doing them right well
1: like for instance when I was 21 and I was making Manhattans in those steakhouses right you know we were shaking the hell out of them we weren't measuring we didn't know proportion we were just putting stuff in a shaker shaking it and we weren't doing it right you know we now know that you should stir a manhattan and there's a reason why you stir a manhattan why because you don't want to dilute it so you want it cold but if you shake it you're going to bruise it and and dilute it and it's going to turn watery and you don't want that so you want you want to stir it so in addition to kind of New new twists on old classics was also going back to the old classics and doing them the way they were doing them in the 1920s. They were doing it right or before the 1920s even. I mean, back in the a lot of the the best classics were you know they go back to the 1850s right.
0: through 1920s. Tell me about Bar Smart. Okay. All right, because that seems like a bar college it is <laughs> literally uh-huh. i mean like lots and lots of intense study right in order to do you graduate from bar smart mm-hmm. do you and 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 once you do who and what are you and what does that entitle you to be able to do and go and 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 be
1: well so bar smarts is three tiered so there's bar smarts wired which is an online course you could do that you should do no, that. I don't it's Kind of cool. I don't think I could. Um, Which is which is a very intro <laughs> level. Yeah, they know my they,
0: <laughs> they know my level of technology. Technology is not my friend. So if it's online, I'm not. It's not going to happen.
1: Well, that's the intro level. Is there
0: a correspondence course, perhaps, <laughs> yeah. that could come through the mail? <laughs> Maybe. Are there some forms? <laughs> is so, there something I could fill out with a number two mm, pencil?
1: No. <laughs> no. Nope. All right. So there's the intro level, and. That's online. Anybody can do that. Uh, it's a minimal cost. It teaches you basics about mixology, basics about cocktails, basics about history,
0: basics about spirits. Okay. Well, okay. maybe I could do it kind of a cool I thing. Because I find that to be very interesting. Yeah, I and, think that I, you would actually enjoy And that. I actually enjoy learning more and more about... Because uh, while this podcast is called Whiskey Business, we, by no stretch of the imagination, uh, pretend to be experts right. about whiskey. We just like to try different whiskeys every week and learn a little bit about them. We we learn the basics about them and uh, maybe we've developed a better palate and a better better nose over the course of 73 bottles. Mm. But some of the intricate details uh, about the whiskeys
2: and the histories, no, we don't know. It'll take longer how to... uh you know, teach them how to use the laptop to turn it on. <laughs> then <laughs> to do, do the level one, yes. Yeah.
0: So there's the level one, so that's there's... level one, then there's that sounds like something I could do. It's uh, really honestly.
1: cool. Yeah. So then there's a level two, which is the live version, which they do six times a year. So it's run by these six guys who are considered the the top six experts in the industry, each in a different <clears throat> facet. So you've got like Paul Packholt, who is the world's expert on cognac and um and and has just this unbelievable palate and you've got dale de groff who is like
0: king cocktail okay king cocktail yeah as far as how he makes them he
1: or? dale de groff has <laughs> written many books you should know who dale de groff
0: is Dale DeGroff.
1: Dale DeGroff it has is. written many books. Oh, about
0: the, the history of cocktailing? And, and, yes. And, and...
1: Well, and you might be thinking of David Wondrich, who's the other one who's That's who wrote Imbibe. For... Okay. And he's he's like of. the the world's historian on all things cocktail.
0: All right, I don't know the other guy.
1: So anyway, all these guys are the ones who run this. So the live version is six times a year in different places around the U.S. Um, How long does that last? It is one day. And you... You study leading up to it, you take tests while you're there, and you do a small blind tasting You test. study
0: leading up to it. How long did you study leading up to it?
1: On the live version,
0: a couple months. A couple, couple months, okay. And then you do a, a blind taste.
1: And you do a blind tasting on that one, and you also do a practical where you make drinks in front of one of those six guys.
0: Is that nerve-wracking?
1: It's nerve-wracking, but it's nothing compared to the, the expert level. That's now looking back on that. That's easy. In the t- moment, I remember being very nerve, nerve wracked. <laughs> so the final one is called Bar Beverage Alcohol Resource, and it's called Bar Five Day. Um, it is something that you have to apply to be accepted into. Uh, they only allow fifty people a year from around the world to be in it.
0: Around the world.
1: Around the world.
0: Only fifty.
1: Only fifty so you have to you have to have passed the first two the inter the beginning and, you, and the intermediate and you've done this and yeah, and then you have and then you have to apply to get in it's five thousand dollars, it's five days in New York. they send you a gigantic book um you know six months before, so I studied for a year, I studied for the six months before I got the book, and then I studied for the next six months with the book every day i studied and um. You go to New York, you taste over uh, 300 spirits in the first four days. So you go through these tasting flights with these guys. Every
0: day. You're studying every day. I mean, I, I know doctors and lawyers who told me about their time in, in med school and law school. And I guarantee you, they weren't cracking a book every single day. I studied every day. You studied every day.
1: Every day. I wanted to pass. And the the success rate is like 50%. Half the people, half the 50 people don't, don't, don't pass. Don't make it. So day five is the test and it's a five part test. You have to pass all five parts of the test to get to pass to to be certified. And it's, you know, considered master of spirits. It's like a master Sommelier. So
0: so you're (laughs) a master of spirit. We are we are in the presence of a master of greatness. Yes. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. That's great.
1: It was a huge, amazing accomplishment and a huge, amazing undertaking, and um, it was amazing. Really, like, so you're incredible. glad you did it and oh you're glad you're the
0: work. Yeah. And now, where does that put you in? in in? Well, it's the same. Can I say craft cocktail world or just cocktail world in general?
1: The whole thing, the sure. The whole thing. Where I is think is that, so. Where does that put
0: you now? Where does that, where well, does that lead it has you? You given have me. You a ticket to go anywhere you want?
1: It has given me amazing opportunities. Uh, six months after I did it, I was asked to go to Kentucky and be one of the judges on the panel for the American Craft Spirits. Oh. Like where where they judge the spirits and the and this and the bottle gets the little you know gold medal. I was one of those, and that was because of Bar Five Day. Wow! I told you I went to Greece. Yeah. You know that was all expenses paid to speak at their bar show.
0: How long were you in Greece? A week. A week in Greece, expenses paid to go talk about this
1: cocktails and being a woman in in the industry.
0: How long you been doing this now?
1: Technically, I've been doing this for 20 years.
0: Okay, for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And um, how has being a woman in this industry changed from the time you started 20 years ago to where you are today?
1: Tremendously.
0: Yeah. And in what ways?
1: Well, now you see women running bar programs you know, some of the top bars in the world are run by women. You're seeing women who are distillers, who own companies for spirits and bidders and um, brand ambassadors, things like that. I mean, it just wasn't a thing 20 years ago. It definitely wasn't a thing 50
0: years ago at all. Do you, and, are, and are women getting um, more respect?
1: I think so, absolutely. And they're winning competitions, big global competitions, things like that, that, you know, in the past... I think there weren't even women competing in those sorts of things, because let alone winning not? them. Why
0: not? Because they didn't think they should, they couldn't, they, nobody, nobody gave them.
1: I don't know, honestly. There was a stigma? You know, I think.
0: That men are supposed to be the, the bartenders? I think part
1: of it was stigma. I think, I, I mean, I know for sure that there are still, in this country for sure, and of course in other countries, where women are not allowed behind the bar. I mean, there are a couple of bars in New York that only hire men. Even me. Even if I went there with my resume and they knew that I'm as qualified as any of those guys, they don't hire women. They wouldn't hire women. They would maybe hire me to bar back for them, but they wouldn't oh, hire me as a bartender. bar back.
0: That's crazy.
1: It is crazy. So that still happens. And then, of course, in other countries, that's still a major thing. And that's, that's why when I spoke at that bar show in Athens, my audience was a lot of girls. And they and they all came up to me afterwards because they all want to bartend in Greece and you don't see a lot of female bartenders in Greece. It's just not a thing yet. They're working on it.
0: Yeah, we're a little behind. So <laughs> <laughs> when it comes, they're to working some, on it. But, but there are so things.
1: many talented girls out there, women, you know. So um, I haven't personally experienced a lot of the of of that in my life, and I don't know if it's because of where I've been. But I know, I do know women who deal with that all the time.
0: Uh, when you drink socially, what do you drink?
1: Depends on do or, where. Or do
0: you even drink? I, I
1: mean, do. Oh, yeah. I
0: know some people that the last thing they work at a bar and the last thing they want to see is liquor. Oh, no, I love I, booze. Okay, you love booze? Okay. Well, that's <laughs> it's good. You should have a passion for it. Um, I do.
1: It depends. It depends on, like, where I'm at. Um, if I'm in a, in... Let me ahead. ask you a better yeah, question. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Being the, the pioneer of, craft cocktailing. Uh-huh. Can you drink normally? Like we're drinking right now. We've got some whiskey on ice and just, can you yes. just, can you just do that? And
1: I love it yeah. actually. I the mean, the simplicity of it. Yes. And at home, I think a lot of times I've been interviewed and people are like, are you making these unbelievable yeah. craft cocktails at home? I'm like, no, no. I, I want this with maybe a little bit of bitters in it and maybe even a little honey or, well, you and know, dope. lemon, but nothing fancy. No. mm If I go to a craft cocktail bar, I order off their craft cocktail menu because I want to see what people are doing. I'm fascinated with what other bartenders are doing. I want to check it out, taste it. If I go to um, a dive bar, I drink whiskey or gin and tonic.
0: Do you like dive bars? Sure. Yeah? Definitely. Okay. What's the appeal to a dive bar as opposed to a craft cocktail bar?
1: Hospitality. The
0: hospitality, once again? Yeah. Yeah. I find some of the best hospitality. Me too has been in in dive bars.
1: Exactly. Uh, we um I'm in New Orleans. That's I guess another subject to talk about too is I'm in New Orleans every July for twelve days. And, oh I'm sorry. And, and <laughs> 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 it's rough. Yeah. Um
0: twelve days in New Orleans. You'd have to bury me there. It's <laughs> not a b- place you should be more than like four. Plus it's <laughs> you know, July and it's yeah. really rough. Uh-uh. He's back. No, there's no, certain uh-huh. places I can't spend more than three days at New Orleans. Las Vegas. One. La- Las Vegas. <laughs> if I spent twelve days in Las Vegas, you literally would bury me there. But the good news is my funeral would be comped. <laughs> <laughs> <Surely>. <laughs>
1: big, big funeral. Um but we have, you know, we have a famous favorite dive bar. I mean, that's where we want to be at the end of a work day. We want to be there. And the bartenders know our names and know what we drink and love us and are happy to see us. And I love that. The hospitality is wonderful.
0: That's pretty cool. Where do you think this, this uh, I, at first I consider it to be kind of like a, a subculture, this the the craft cocktailing. But now it seems to have gotten so huge where it is the culture it's not so much a a subculture now it's like everybody's into the craft cocktailing where do you see the future of craft cocktailing going
1: i think it's going to keep growing yeah i do i think that more and more even
0: how how does something like that grow
1: well i think even your dive bars a lot of them now are doing fresh ingredients uh which is awesome they aren't necessarily doing fancy, smoky, crazy ingredient cocktails, but they have started to adapt to the fresh citrus and the fresh ingredients, and maybe they have more than just Angostura bitters behind their bar, things like that. The home bartender, more and more, I see it. I teach all the time to novices, and they want me to teach them how to make a balanced cocktail, and it's people who've never bartended a day in their life. They don't want to. It's not... Not,
2: right, you know they're but,
0: but they want to they but wanna, they want
1: to be able to make a good cocktail at home at home yeah. So I think in that respect, it's going to continue to grow.
0: Yeah, I should probably take a course like that. But I'm but I'm I am I'm one of those simple drinkers. i uh, I drink it you know either neat. Uh-huh. I know that water can be whiskey's friend, sure, and some
2: ice. But um, yeah, I don't know uh, if I've ever seen you drink anything but like when you're drinking liquor just straight. I just I. I just like to get to it.
1: Do you like a Manhattan or an Old fashioned Probably an Old
0: fashioned more than a Manhattan. Okay, and maybe, maybe it's because I've never had a Manhattan
2: made properly.
1: Maybe I should make one for you sometime. Maybe
0: I should come down get to the vermouth. We get down to M and 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 uh, the the, it's the four diamonds. Right? Yes, the, the four diamonds at M that mm-hmm. you uh, uh, do your thing at. I should come down there. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Let me make you a drink. Sometimes you it's know, nice. No,
0: no, had You have to make me many drinks. <laughs> what, Sometimes
1: what, it's nice drink, to uh, do it. to switch this up. Yes. And I, add a little vermouth I or bitters or whatever the case may be. And it's still a boozy cocktail. It's it's not
0: like you're adding, you know, cranberry yeah, but, punch but, but, to it. But once again, you know, when I'm, once again, that's it's like I just want to, if I'm reading, you know, a pour right. and it's right. If I'm writing. It's going to be a quick a pour sitting next to me uh-huh. and, you know, I'm smoking a cigarette. It's, oh, I get it's it. the simplicity of it. Which brings me to our, our, our guest bottle, uh, the Maker's Mark, the cask strength Maker's Mark. Uh, this one's 110.7 proof. Why well, do they just round it off to 111? Why do they do that? <laughs> they have to be exact. They have to be exact. <laughs> I know they have to be exact. Um, you've had this before, yes? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and I chose Maker's Mark tonight because um, – uh, you knew uh, a gentleman who is literally a legend in, in the whiskey world, Dave Pickerel, who recently passed away, and uh, from Fairborn, Ohio. Mm-hmm. He's an Ohio boy. I know. An Ohio boy who got into the whiskey business. And from what I understand, he pretty much put Maker's Mark on the map. For sure. And you knew him.
1: I knew him very you, well. You were friends with him. Dear friends. Yeah. Yes. Tell me about him. Well, I How'd met... how you meet him, first of all? I met Dave when I was asked after that bar five day to uh, judge the American Craft Spirits competition. And I went to Kentucky, and he was there as the head judge. And I was surrounded by all of these incredibly talented palettes, including Stephen Beam, who's the great, 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 I believe, grandson of Jim. And so I was so... Kind of nervous and, you know, overwhelmed by all of these people and, um, and honored to be asked to do this too. And, uh, Dave, you know, kind of swooped me up and said, don't worry about it. You're going to be great. And quickly realized that my palate was really good. The notes he was taking, the notes I was taking were the same. So I knew that I knew what I was doing. We became good friends. Um, I see him every year at Tales of the Cocktail um which is what I am in New Orleans for 12 days every summer <laughs> and um he was the distiller for Maker's Mark mm-hmm. for you know over a decade and he is the one who kind of you know started all of the marketing and and Maker's 46 and all these wonderful things I mean he was the guy he was he was the one that kind of put it on on the map. I mean, it had been around for a long time before him. Right. He and- he made it famous for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And was he a whiskey guy from the get-go? I he mean- was
1: a whiskey guy from the get-go. Yeah. And and when he left Maker's Mark, he um, started his own consulting company and started teaching distillers how to distill and going around the country and and mentoring and teaching distillers. He. Is uh, responsible for Whistlepig and right. and many other whiskeys, um, including Metallica's collaboration with him most recently um, with Blackened.
0: Blackened, which clear this up for me. Um, <laughs> while it was being distilled, did he incorporate music into it? Yeah.
1: So Dave had a an engineering degree. The Dude was unbelievably smart. He was a, a country boy through and through. He always had his big old cowboy hat on. But he was brilliant in his brain. Unbelievable. And so he he patented this method where they where the sound waves would move the whiskey inside the barrel. I wish he was here right now because he could tell us more about it, but um. Where those sound waves moved the, the, the liquid inside the barrels and and added to its aging.
0: What? And it's what did a, he think that it that it added?
1: I don't know. I, you would ha-
0: Yeah, I know. God rest his soul. After God to rest camp. his soul. Yeah, he'd have to. He had. To, but he. But, but the
1: way he would describe it was unbelievable, and it was a real thing. It wasn't a gimmick. It wasn't some like chachi, like hey, we're gonna put Metallic on and make the whiskey better.
2: Right, but kiss blood and in the ink. They were in, in the barrels while they were like, it, it, like in the warehouse. In the, a- the warehouse, like after playing they've music. Already been in in the casks. Yes. Okay. Cool.
1: So, so a couple of months ago, um, when I heard about this whiskey. I watched the little promotional video, and I saw Dave's picture with Metallica. And I happen to be one of Metallica's biggest fans. Oh, you are? Ever. You're a huge Metallica fan. fan. Um, Huge fan. Always have been since I was a teenager. And so I called him immediately, and I was like, dude, what is this? What is this? Like, you're in the video with them. And he said, yeah, this is crazy. I, I, uh, I couldn't tell you about it. He didn't know I was a fan. He wouldn't have like. There's no reason why he would have known. Why would it come up? Right. So I told him, "Yeah, I'm their biggest fan." Blah blah blah, and and he said, "Yeah, I've been working with them on this for you know a year." And I said, "Holy shit! Like that's unbelievable." Can I say shit? Yeah, you can say you. We've said far worse. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, a couple days later, he called me and he said, "Hey, listen, I'm I'm going on tour with them for four dates. Um, Why don't you pick one of those and come?" Come to one of the shows and be my special guest, and um, you know you can come backstage and and you know the whole bit. And I said, "Are you like?" I, at that point, I kind of fell backwards. and <laughs> "Are you serious?" He said, "Yes." I said, "Okay." I got on immediately. Got online, bought a ticket to the Philadelphia show on October
0: twenty fifth. Wait, me? You had to, buy, we had to buy a ticket. The
1: ticket I bought. The rest was.
0: <laughs> you had to buy a ticket. I did. You had to still buy a ticket. You're going to, to buy your own ticket, but once you got there.
1: Yes. So once I got there, I mean, he had a hotel for me, and he had, he rolled out the red carpet. And, and, and you met everybody. So he from- showed, yeah. So he showed up. Uh, he he flew in from L.A. Um, we went to dinner with a bunch of food writers from Maxim and and uh, and GQ, like. Amazing!
0: What a life you lead.
1: And then we went to the show. We went backstage. We met everybody. It was like the tr- like the best night ever.
0: What was it like meeting, uh, f- for lack of a better word, your, your 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 metal idols?
1: It was unbelievable. I mean,
0: did did were you did it meet your expectations? Did of were course you, were you disappointed? Were, no, it was like you the- know how sometimes you 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 have an idol and you meet him like oh man he was kind of a dick
1: no it was like the third or fourth best day of my life yeah yes
0: a third or fourth yeah okay
1: i would have to think i mean i have a daughter yeah, so daughter. she's
0: okay. <laughs> I'm that's gonna number to, one i have to put daughter first before going backstage and meeting metallica i believe
2: we
1: talked about this when i saw you
2: yes yeah. Because
1: that was back in like September, and I was saying that. You
2: were, that ju- you were like, it was very hush hush at the time. You just found out. I had about just it. found out about it. Just found out about what? That, that you were going to go. That I was going to go. go. Okay. That stuff.
1: When I did the other podcast,
2: uh-huh.
1: I, I you have was. To spark a talk. I was just. I was just, I was just uh, finding out about this, like that I was going to go. I was like beside myself. So excited. So, anyway, that was the 25th of October. Um, I flew back to Columbus on the 26th. Dave went with the with Metallica to New York, yeah, for a couple more shows and then flew back to San Francisco and he died on the first yeah, so i'm
0: you. beyond
1: blessed that I had that time with him, you know it was amazing, and he was just a you learned from the man oh, he was so talented and yeah. so smart and he and he was passionate about whiskey and um yeah, a good a, teacher. He was wonderful.
0: Wonderful teacher. Would you consider him to be like in this whiskey world a mentor? Oh, for sure. For sure.
1: A mentor for many, many people, a mentor for me in many ways. Yeah, he was a great guy. Went too soon.
0: It was young, what, 62, 61? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I say, yes, I agree. Being Mm -hmm. uh, turning 60 next year, yeah, way too fucking young. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, with all due respect. It was
1: sudden and unexpected. So, cheers. Cheers, 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 cheers. And that's why we
0: chose the Maker's Mark tonight uh, to pay a little homage to Mr. Dave Pickerell. There you go. What do you think about this as far as a wish? Let me let you know, it's seldom that we actually get somebody. Who, let's go back to palate. Mm -hmm. He said that you had a great palate. I know. How does one get a great palate? Are they blessed with a great palate? Do you develop Mm -hmm. a great palate? And if, if you want to develop a great palate, how the hell do you do it?
1: It's both, I think. I think that, well, there's something called super tasters, there's there's people who have that
0: super tasters.
1: Literally, that's an actual term. That's an
0: actual ter- real thing.
1: It's a real thing, and there's also the 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 real fact that women have more taste buds, so they say that women, a lot of women, are better at tasting. I think that uh, it's twofold. In my <laughs> it's opinion, it's probably
0: true that women have better taste in general. Perhaps <laughs> overall, <laughs> I'll say that.
1: I think that it's um. I think that it's something that you are born with to an extent. I think that maybe, I mean I don't know, this is total opinion here, but yeah. I grew up with like, you know, a father who was cooking these amazing elaborate dishes, sure. right? So like I grew up not eating Kraft macaroni and cheese like a lot of kids. I was I was eating things that were uh, much more savory and intricate. So I grew up with a palate in that respect. Just like you Likely did, right? Yeah, right, like Your right, parents yeah. yes, yes. were making these dishes too?
0: Uh, my grandmother. Okay. It, it, it skipped a generation. Okay. My mom, she'll never watch this, but my, it did. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it seemed to skip a generation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but my father was could could do like your father. He could take a, a fish head sure. and, and some salt and, yeah. and boom, there's a meal. But yes, so- um, but-
1: Well, I was also going to say, but also it's, it's a learned thing and there, and you know, like my year of working up to bar five day was training my palate, training it. So you're, because in that test, you're, uh, the blind test, you're tasting a spirit that you have to say what it is, what the country of origin it is, what it's aged in, if it's aged and How many years it's been aged? No way, and the proof within 10 to 15 degrees. No, no, no,
0: no, 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 Uh absolutely. I mean, I've been in a bar where my friends have lined up shots Mm -hmm. of whiskey, and I've and this is and these are pretty common Mm -hmm. whiskeys, but I've been able to smell them, sip it, uh, color and, and and say what they are.
1: Now, I we didn't have to say this is maker's mark. This is Woodford. This is Jameson. But what we had to know was this is whiskey from Ireland. Okay. This is whiskey. This is American bourbon from, you know, or this is bourbon from America. This is rye from Canada. Okay. Okay. All right.
0: Well, I could see and, where-
1: And when you have a lot of them in front of you, you'd be surprised how how twisted up your tongue and your mind get. You start really messing with your own head. So- um, you start to understand what American oak does versus French oak and the flavors that you taste from each one and the butterscotch and all this different stuff.
0: Uh, you know, and I've gotten better at that, but like just, just sipping this, here's, here's, here's what I can tell you about this one. Uh, uh, and I've had it before, but um, it, it's it got – initially it feels like it's got a little bit of a burn, but it smooths out. Uh-huh. Um it's got a what I call a, probably a medium to long finish mm-hmm. for this and um, a little sweet and surprisingly sweet and 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 kind of spicy considering that it's such a high proof. Because every, everybody thinks that the, some of my friends are like, well, well that's 110 proof. That's going to kill you. Surprisingly, a lot of high proof whiskeys are, are really sweet. Well, we're also
1: drinking it with Ice a little bit, of and ice, now water, it's diluted water, a, little a little bit, bit so little that little helps bit. kind of lessen that a little bit. And
0: I pick up on the nose a little bit, but not as much as I'd like to. I can taste certain things in it, like yeah. in this, I can taste some of the caramel and, uh-huh. and some of the about mm, caramels as far as I got tonight. With okay, because I'm a little congested, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I mean that's 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 as far as my level goes.
1: Maker's Mark uses a lot of corn. In their mash bill, as opposed to certain other bourbons that maybe will use more rye or more uh, winter wheat, whatever, um, Maker's is a lot more corn, so you're going to taste the sweetness yeah. much more in Maker's Mark than, say, a Woodford or a Bullet.
0: Right. I, ki- well, I shouldn't say who I don't care <laughs> for, because, you know, <laughs> what am I... I- I should no. I will say it. I we will like say the uh, blade say and bow it. a little yeah. bit better.
2: The the, the the you like the blade and bow. Well, better um, the bullet brand the, from uh-huh. the same place. Uh-huh. But yeah, that, but being I polite put, is saying that we yeah, don't yeah. like bullet. I
0: don't like their. I don't like their <clears> basic <throat> bourbon. Their bullet bourbon,
2: but I like their rise. Have you seen I the, do bullet the bullet ten year? The bullet ten year is a lot better than yeah the regular one. Yeah. whatever it's called. Well, it's sat
1: in a barrel a lot longer. Yeah, a lot more flavor happens. The longer it sits in that barrel.
2: That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You read my mind. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward, what where, where do you, 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 you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? Where, where, do you, where, where, do you think, where do you want this wonderful world of cocktailing to take you?
2: Well. You strike, me,
0: you strike me as a woman slash dame <laughs> who has a plan.
1: So, I have a daughter, like I said, yeah, who's nineteen now, and I was a single parent, so you know, my life has revolved around her good for the last nineteen years good um, and it will all you know in some respect, it always will, but um yeah,
0: when I have one that's thirty six and trust me, it will,
1: sure, yeah, so for the last nineteen years, I mean I'm I'm here because of her and grounded here because of her. And she graduated from high school a year ago. She's taken a year off. And, uh, I don't think it'll be long before she moves out. She still lives with me. And then I feel like at that point I can do whatever I want. And I want, I want to do other things. I I want to travel. I want to travel more. I've seen some other countries and I've gotten the travel bug. I, there are many opportunities out there. Brand ambassador uh opportunities. I mean, ultimately like I'd love to own my own bar. Uh, I don't know. That's tricky. What is? Well,
0: owning a bar? Yeah, I mean, tricky.
1: I know that my bar would be unbelievably successful. Of course it would. I'm not worried about that part. But um once I do that, I can't go anywhere cuz I'm married to it. Right. So I feel like I wanna travel. I want to see the world. I have all these
0: Do you want to do what you do yes. when you travel uh-huh. and see yes, the world? Absolutely. Do you, do you want that to be the mm-hmm. the means that get you to these places? I wanna go 100%. to you know, I wanna go to Italy, I wanna mm-hmm. go to New Zealand and, and I have I friends in there. the
1: industry in every country you can name, literally. So I'm probably
0: saying Come. Oh yes.
1: Absolutely. I have those opportunities. To go anywhere and bartend anywhere in the world. I was gonna
0: say, would you do the equivalent of a, of a residency? Yes. Would you go would it's you exactly go what for I would do for Six months to, yes. to New Zealand and, yes. and work in in, in some yes. establishment and then uh, four months in Paris and Yes. You would Absolutely. Do that. that's awesome. That's, that's exactly cool. what I'd like to yeah. do.
1: And it's and it's not a dream. That's like very attainable in my industry, um, especially with the contacts that I have. The cool thing about that is they have different spirits. They have different techniques. They have different fruits. When I was in Athens, I mean, you know, Greece has obviously um, mastica and things that like we, if we have it here, it's like one brand and, but they have many and, and many they have- Many brands of Mastika, yeah. And all these different things. We, and, would,
0: we would pour it in a big spoon as a kid, uh-huh. mastica, and just stick it in water mm-hmm. and then just eat it. Sure. Yeah.
2: And
1: different. fruits and the techniques that the that the Greeks do. I mean, the number four bar in the world is in Athens.
2: I did not it, know that.
1: Yeah. And my friends own it. And just to watch them make like a gin and tonic. You know, here we pour gin and some tonic and some ice and lime. Here you go. There you go. They, it's an art. And so that's why, like, for me, it wouldn't be just going to these other countries because cool, I get to go to, you know, these other countries, but like learning- all these techniques and things that they do in these different places, it would be just unbelievable
0: and would you also teach
1: sure I mm-hmm. mean
0: I mean, you go to these other countries to learn and experience, but you I I' probably, also teach. Bring, you know, probably mm-hmm. bring some to the table as well
1: I'd also like to write a book about uh, about about cocktails. I'm not really sure i mean i I have so many recipes that are all original recipes of my own, yeah, so I would like to put them into a book. With some kind of cool narrative of, you know. Maybe
0: the combination of the cocktails and the traveling.
1: Right. I think that would be super cool.
0: Um, You know, speaking of people who have have passed away that were kind of fascinating and and interesting and and led amazing lives and had amazing adventures, maybe you're the next female Anthony Bourdain Uh, of cocktailing. That would be amazing. Wouldn't that be pretty amazing? Yes. To go to do what you do. And that would be, ultimately to all, be to travel to all these different places.
1: And I would love to do that on television. Like I'd love to do exactly what he did. Right? I was just having this conversation great. Great. with my brother like two days ago, literally. And I was telling him about like the boozy traveler and these different right. shows. They're okay. They're okay. They're okay. You know.
0: But it's just a regular guy, right? I right. mean, it's just it's it's there's the the it's not a person that has as much experience as you. Yeah, I would love to do that.
1: And I don't know why that hasn't happened yet. Food Network.
0: Well, are they aware of you? <laughs> I don't think well, so. And then
2: make them aware of you.
0: I mean, obviously, if you have as many contacts after as you this say. this podcast, and, we
2: will. Yeah.
0: After the, after the 17 people who subscribe who <laughs> listen to this, one of them is going to have a connection to the Food Network. No, seriously. I mean, that, would be, that, that just seems like a no-brainer to me. That
1: would be amazing.
0: Yeah. To go to different parts of the world to do mm-hmm. what you do and experience, share because mm-hmm. Bourdain knew right. knew his stuff, right? But he also experienced and and learned from and and discovered amazing things that he was completely unaware what an of. What Incredible life and uh, yeah, wow. I think that's. I think I found it for you. There you go. I think I Boom. found. I think I found your next chapter, and that's when you write the book. Uh huh. All right. <laughs> we all got something out of this today, and that's the end of the show. <laughs> We all, we all got something out of this tonight. We planned your future, <laughs> your Perfect. destiny. We had you as a great guest. Our guest has been Uh, Chris uh Winner. Uh, when's when's the next when's the next uh, uh, competition where you might be doing it's it? It's
1: in May. In it's May every May, year. May six so, one four magazines.
0: So, uh, Would you you know? you go for ten in a row? Oh, that,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I have all the intention. It's
0: not nine has to be unprecedented already. It is. Yeah, yes. Of right. Course. What's sure. the, has anybody ever won it more than once?
1: Well, it's only been in existence for nine years, so I've won all of the nine years. Oh I think she my should retire God. after ten. All right. Uh,
2: okay. My
1: plan is to stop give the after ten. A shot.
2: That's yeah. I told
1: six one four that after, I after ten year. that I'm done.
0: You're gonna retire and let give But I want them to change else.
1: the name of the award. Oh well,
0: that seems fair. fair. That seems fair. You know. Oh hell yeah!
1: But then I'm gonna stop because you know.
0: Give the come other on. kids a chance. Sure. There's probably kids like, oh, what's the point? Chris is in it.
2: I
1: have to go for ten because that would be weird if I only had nine, right? Yeah, like ten right. is ten. Go for
0: ten. For well, sure. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, and I thank you so much for. Being oh, thank you with us. I hope you had fun. It's um, my pleasure. And we have had a master a bartender, craft cocktailer. What, 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 what label do I do? I put a label on it. I don't know. Mixologist I- what the what?
1: I mean, you know, there's so many of those, and there's bartenders out there who get aff- offended if you call them a, a mixologist. A mixologist, I'm a bartender. Like, whatever. I'm a bartender. I mean, ultimately, I'm a bartender. I tend the bar. I take care of the people who come to the bar. Um, I, I like all the all the titles that you can give me. I love them all. All right, well. They're great.
0: Uh, as long as they're all complimentary, you deserve they're great. all of them. You Thank you. You deserve all of them, including Pretty Cool Dame. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whiskey Business is a never the luck production produced on the video side by that man right there, John Whitney. Hi, Johnny. Uh, You check us out on (laughs) (laughs) on our YouTube channel and on the audio side, of course, by Mr. Greg Hansberry. All right. I mentioned, uh, of course, our YouTube channel at Hansberry. Where else can the people who seek out this type of broadcast
2: find us sure. well of course yeah subscribe uh, on YouTube search for uh, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotas thank you and subscribe you. you can get all of the great content because we have a little one-off sometimes too that I know you guys are working yes. on yes uh, Instagram of course Whiskey Business Podcast yeah Facebook, whiskey business and um, of course subscribe on iTunes and uh, rate and review us we always Yeah, we like that. the
0: rating and the reviewing. Um, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. I pulled one up actually I was just oh, gonna you know share what with let's you. leave. Let's let's, let's,
0: let's let's we know we had a
2: nice toast mm-hmm. today.
0: Let's 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 uh, let's have a nice little review uh, on the way this out. This one is
2: from uh Magnovox. That's their name. Magnovox. Uh, yeah, and they say uh, it's titled Binge Listening, which you know when you're driving around in the holidays this is perfect. Had to catch up on the podcast. I listened from the, uh, on the way home from Roanoke, Virginia. Each show had great content, great entertainment. Thanks, Dino and team, for keeping it interesting. So there you go. That's Love it. Nice. You that's know, great. Visiting grandma.
0: I didn't realize good. how many we had until my niece told me at Thanksgiving. You got a no, lot of great, great reviews. Stars. We
2: have uh, one four-star person, though.
0: Oh. Uh, you know what? A four-star just makes us work that much harder. Was it for my mother? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: all right whiskey business is a never the luck production all the opinions and questions come from me your host dino chapotis and i never meant to offend uh, or or uh get you upset only to entertain and inform and 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 thank you i've learned so much and i thank feel you. like i feel like i could keep <clears throat> talking to you after this and learn more uh thank you for being a very open gracious and um educational
1: Thank you. Uh, guest. Thank you so They're much awesome. for having me.
0: Thank you so much. So, kids, we got some fun stuff planned in the month of December. I'll tell you that. Uh, we're definitely going to tug on the uh, holiday heartstrings in the in the weeks to come. So please keep tuning in. And this one has been a little more booze-centric, which is good <laughs> for some of our whiskey fans who liked it. So thank you for that. But also, yeah, absolutely. you're kind of a fascinating woman.
2: Oh,
1: thank you so I much. I think you got a
0: very, very... Uh, interesting future. Thank you, very ahead much. Of you. And We'll be excited to Appreciate hear it. more of your adventures in the in the months and years to come. watching them
1: on TV. You never know. Well, that would be very
0: cool. I want to say, you know what I'm going to do? You know I'm going to take complete credit for yeah. it. Of a, course. I'll be sitting in my living room half in a bag going, you know, I gave her that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with her. I'm going to be her like bag carrier
2: or something. <laughs> I'm the one who says she should be the,
0: the dame Bourdain, <laughs> Bourdain. <laughs> All right, we gotta wrap it up until the next bottle. See you. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation.